Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole worlds. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status, in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Hello, Powerful Nonsenses. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another glorious episode. My body is fatigued. Post-gym session, and uh, Wayne has requested that we move the table as close as possible so that he can sit back on his lazy ass <laughs> so that he does not have to... I need to, to lean back in the sofa. So if I sound, like, quite far away, I'm not that far away, but if I do sound far away, that's why I can't physically hold my body up. He's literally incapable of holding his body up due to the muscle fatigue. <laughs> and, and Jem, just to kind of... Just to kind of really show just how bad it is, he's got right up close to his microphone just to make him sound really loud. Exactly. For me to no way, really and I'm just sitting away. up straight to keep my posture well yeah, yeah, and healthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I think I did. Consider. I was going to say I think I did well at the gym today. I don't think I did well at the gym today. I'm just happy no one was there to see you. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Could have been really embarrassing. I was embarrassed. I said I'm really embarrassed. We know this is a long game. We do, we do. Like anything in life. And I, we have concluded that I could never make it as a contortionist. <laughs> Certainly not. I was, I was thinking to myself, actually, I think you'd, you're like the, the worst kind of like X-Men. You're kind of like... <laughs> My superpower Your is... superpower is ultimate stiffness in the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> you were literally like a plank of iron. <laughs> literally. Yeah, I am Iron Man. He's Iron Man. <laughs> He's like the rubbish iron man that literally is a piece of iron that does not doesn't do anything, just lays there like a, a slab of iron. <laughs> Tried to bend him into any shape, does not happen. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so I'm physically quite fatigued right now. Yeah. Jem's been putting me through my paces. Um which for which I'm very grateful for, despite all the names under the sun that I call him when we're working out. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um so today we're going to talk about something quite interesting, almost uh, opposite to our normal stance on things, because a recent study has suggested. Throwing a spanner in the I works. always I always see these studies and I think, yeah, but what's your actual data based upon? And then you sometimes you break down their data, and sometimes it's a little bit flimsy at best in terms of. I just like the, the numbers they've spoken to. I like the surveys for just conversation stars. It just but gets yes. a uh, good old riff going. Yeah, I always say, take a good study with a pinch of salt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can put that as a quote on. <laughs> take a good study with a pinch of salt, <laughs> um, because often, you know, I think what is it? So you just so long as you've spoken to what is it? A thousand people, hundred people, hundred people, credible. 
and then they're like 20%. You mean 20 people out of the entire population of the world uh-huh. have said. <laughs> um, anyway, so this uh, data suggests that millennials are actually the least likely entrepreneurial generation. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting stat here that's saying actually only 2% of millennials are entrepreneurial or entrepreneurs. Is it 2%? Well, basically they compared the baby boomers to the oh, yeah. um, uh, millennials and they said that 8.3% of baby boomers, like our sort of parents' age, right? Is that how it is? Baby boomers? Mm-hmm. Yep. And 2% of millennials. So there's a good okay, six okay. point. Oh, he's sitting up now. Oh. That's nice. There we go. That so, won't last, trust me. No, it won't. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, so massive 6% difference there. So it's kind of like, I think a lot of the time, uh, the millennials are touted as the entrepreneurial generation. And I think that just comes down to news and the availability of news nowadays. Like, I'm pretty sure back in the day, you, mm. weren't heard, you didn't hear about a baby boomer who just started a business and it wouldn't go as sort of widely spread. I think we hear uh-huh. all the great stories about a young person doing incredible things. You've got the what is it 30 under 30 or whatever it is those sort of lists nowadays and so i think we are pretty much the sort of glorified generation mm-hmm. i, I want to kind of tear this apart because oh. there's part of me as we discussed before we discussed something before we hit record which we'll get to mm-hmm. but there's a real significant issue i think with this whole study because entrepreneur is a very loose term Mm-hmm. And I actually think a lot of people don't realize that they're entrepreneurs. For me, an entrepreneur is someone who is essentially making money off of things they're doing outside of the day job or indeed if a stuff that's off their own back that has then become in many ways their day job. Um, so somebody that goes to a nine to five and then comes home and sells some things on eBay to me, that might not be, you might not be an entrepreneur, but you're certainly entrepreneurial entrepreneurial tendencies going on. Um, and so I just think it's a very loose study. I think it's one of those studies. Obviously I'm not, I don't want to get too hung up on the data and the statistics and the details. I just think it's, I the, the reason why this sort of popped for me is because I do think we live in a, what I know from friends and family and all our connections and being mm-hmm. a millennial ourselves, I think it's very much you think that everybody's entrepreneurial and everybody wants to be entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. But actually when you kind of dig in deep, actually the stats show that it's not happening basically. And But you see, this is this is where I'm like, I don't know if, if that that's where, that's where, because I, I kind of agree with you in many sense in many senses. Um, but like, I'm just wondering how much of it is based off of not really being aware that at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, if you're putting YouTube videos out there and you're making money off your YouTube videos, you're an entrepreneur. If you're, if you've got a blog and you're making money off of your blog, you're an entrepreneur. Like, I just think this, the, the establishment has a very particular view of what being an entrepreneur is. And I don't think that necessarily matches up to the practicality of being entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm challenging. Yeah, I guess they're probably looking at it in the stance of, okay, you, you started uh, something and you live off of it. Do you own your, a business? And that's your, yeah, that brings you your bread. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just kind of wanted to highlight that because 
there, I think there are a lot of other things. There's loads to unpack here. There's a lot of other things going on in society, which explains why this could very well be true. But I also just want to question that stance on what, what do they mean by entrepreneurial generation? Because to me, to say 2% of millennials versus 8.3% of baby boomers, to me, that my hunch and my experience in looking around feels out of whack. Yeah. Could be that it's so I'm just wondering a... what their definition for entrepreneur or entrepreneurial really is mm-hmm. to get that data. Yeah. But there are many reasons why it could very well be right. Yeah. Sorry, I just kind of felt I had to get in there. You just uh, jumped into the stats. Because to be for me, it's. I know it's not about the stats, it's yeah, more about I don't the really... other stuff that we're going to talk about. But I just kind of wanted to challenge it. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, you don't want to obviously downplay people who are doing stuff on the side. And exactly, it's not about. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, it's not about digging in and saying, well, you're not an entrepreneur because you've just got your little bracelet business and you've only sold four of them online or something like that. It's not about that. And I don't think that's the uh, conversation I want to get into, really. No. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> let's assume, though, let's assume that they have indeed, that this, oh, this is all above board, it's all correct, it's all good, right? Mm-hmm. So let's not question, now that we've thrown that sort of caveat out there, let's assume that that's not an issue. So, why then? Why do you think that millennials as a generation have the whole brand of being entrepreneurial, but apparently aren't? So, I think obviously we're exposed to the possibility of entrepreneurship, and I definitely think that it's something that seems glamorous in society. We all know everybody's talking about it. It's, it's, it's glorified through like Faith the Film with Mark Zuckerberg. What was it called again? Social Network. The Social Network, stuff like that. So I think it's very much glorified in our in our world. And I think you can hear friends who are starting and doing and trying stuff. But I think actually a lot of the follow-through just doesn't happen. And I think that the um, reality of it is, I don't know, I just don't think it actually fits in with actually what millennials want. Like I actually read like another article yesterday and it was sort of saying that I think it was like another throwing out another percentage out there. But it was like actually forty four percent of millennials would. I don't even know. But it was a high percentage of millennials would rather just be in a secure job with um, career prospects and a pay that increases. And okay. it's and it was like as I, long, I saw you share that article, but I have thoughts on that. Continue. <laughs> oh, here he goes. But it was kind of that idea that I do think that. Um, I think actually a lot of my friends, if they felt they were making progression in their jobs and they felt that they were getting paid what they feel they deserve, I think a lot would stay put. Like I generally Mm. think that people wouldn't consider Mm -hmm. this whole entrepreneurial route. I just think that there's so much power in the businesses that they kind of don't have to give you that and they know that you rely on their money and so it stops them from having to do those things. And then Mm. people are like, well okay, I know you're going to give me consistent pay. There's no prospects here and I'm probably it's not my pay is probably not going to increase unless I literally have to beg you for it. Uh-huh. So I think the alternative there is entrepreneurship and then people turn towards it. And then I think that's the bit where there's a massive bit of friction where I think there is a lot of, I'd love to know the stats of, I think there is already stats actually of how many millennials would like to start a business. But then there's probably a massive chasm between the amount that actually do end up actually doing something with that. Mm-hmm. So here are my thoughts on this. All right. Because I'm glad you brought that up because I think there are so many elements to this as to why I I actually think that millennials often feel, despite that they're branded as the entrepreneurial generation, I actually think that millennials don't feel that they have the option 
Because if you look at our schooling system, the way we were brought up, when we were kids, our parents weren't business owners. The corporations had taken off. When our parents were kids, their parents owned their small businesses. The corporations, the massive brands weren't a big thing. Um, So contrast that with us, you know, where we're growing up and our parents are working for big corporations. Then the fact that we're going to school and school's going well, you know, you need to get your GCSEs because if you don't get your GCSEs, you won't have a future because you won't be able to get a job. And then you have to get your A-levels because if you don't get your A-levels, despite having your GCSEs, there'll be somebody that will get the job before you get the job. And then you have to go to university because, you know, if you've only got your A-levels, the person that's got the degree is going to get the job. And the whole schooling system, as we've talked about for many, 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 many episodes, uh, particularly in the early days of the podcast, the schooling system is all about getting you a job. It is not about encouraging entrepreneurial behavior. It's not about encouraging starting your own business. It's not about encouraging experimenting outside of work. Despite the fact they've got these extracurricular activities, those extracurricular activities are sold as this is going to be fun for you. It will be good to put on your CV so you can go and get a job. Um, And it's all geared towards that. Then you go into the workplace and then the workplace goes, well, you need us more than we need you which is why we job hop so much because we've been, we've been sold a lie in many ways. We've been sold a lie in that you go to work, you work hard, you're going to get paid well and you're going to get promotion. And what the corporations often do is they'll stick you in the same place and let, and bring other people from outside rather than letting a career progression happen. They're more inclined to do that these days. I feel or, or certainly I say these days because I didn't experience the job market before these days, but it certainly feels to me as though uh, we were either sold the lie of, well, look, you're not going to get the pro- career progression in-house just from working hard and being good at your job. And I think there's a lot of dissatisfaction in the job market, but a lot of millennials feel trapped because they've not been given the skills to create a business. They didn't grow up watching their parents run a business. And so they're completely unskilled to be entrepreneurial. So they feel trapped in this position of, well, what's the choice? The choice is either stay here, not get any career progression or go to another job. Thing is as well. That's that's my general hypothesis. I also think as well, I think most people are trained to get a job for job's sake rather than Mm -hmm. actual life's sake. I think there's very little consideration about the choices that many people make and i can imagine that a lot of people are in jobs where the thought was i need to get a job and then i happen to get a job and then i'm now in this industry and i can't really get out now it's got the experience but i think the other part of that is just i just think that people are so exposed to the opportunity outside of it it feels like entrepreneurship is this holy grail or this freedom from possibly that sort of falling into any old job Mm. and then i just think that I don't know, I just feel that they, that's where the struggle is. Because I do think that the reason why, probably, I don't want to give all the stick to the businesses either. I think no, a lot of the no, problems... Of I think because there are the, really good businesses out there that really do care about their employees. But yeah. I think generally the corporate world... Yeah, but I think if you're going to say that a lot of people are in those jobs for jobs' sake, then it's kind of like a lot of people are coming in just to tick the boxes and go home and get their paycheck. And I mm. reckon, horrible to say, but I think probably a majority of people are in that camp where they don't really give a shit and they're just thinking, I just... But again, I think that comes from 
the way that we've been <clears throat> kind of, I don't want to say brainwashed, but... It's that end product. You, know, you go yeah. there, deliver your pro- your thing that to the to the enough standard. It's kind of like when you finish your GCSEs, like, well, I'll be happy with a C. Yeah. <laughs> From all of your all of your teenage life, all of your teenage life was geared entirely towards getting a job. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, everything that you did from senior school onwards uh, up until university or coming out of university was you're going to get a job. Become a productive citizen. Yeah. <laughs> and I just don't think that that's a practical, a practical way of looking at things anymore. No, it's not. And I think, well... I was just about to dive into what we started talking about before we hit record, but I think we'll let's save that. T- save that. We'll just take a quick break and then we'll jump into that because that's a big, big thing in of itself. So uh, we have to sp- uh, thank our sponsors, uh, the University of Northampton. Now, what an interesting episode <laughs> to be sponsoring a university <laughs> <laughs> to be talking about uh, that with because. Actually, and, and this ultimately comes down to why they're such a good fit for us. We are actually products of, of the University of Northampton. We're alumni. Um, and really, I think Northampton University, more than most universities from an outside perspective, obviously, because we've not been to other universities, uh, certainly feels like a university that understands exactly what it is that we're talking about today. It seems to understand that Uh, entrepreneurship and setting up your own business setting up your own ventures is definitely a viable option for a prosperous future for its students and its alumni and they do promote that so northampton when you go to northampton university it's not about just grabbing your degree and then going out and necessarily getting a job although that being said their employment employability stats are pretty damn good Mm -hmm. they've been top of the leagues for many many years since we graduated pretty much um, so their employability stats are really good, but also on top of that, they're committed to allowing students to set up their businesses, set up their ventures, set up their social projects as well. If you're more um, socially inclined, uh, they'll support that as well. So it's a very holistic approach, I think, to um, post-education life. Um, and they're, they're very much want about leveraging that. So um, if that sounds like your sort of thing, probably will be because you're listening to the show. Um, check them out northampton.ac.uk and a massive thank you to them for their continued support of the show lovely so uh, what I was going to jump into before we went to the break um, is we talked about before we hit record the reason the reason we think this is happening um, and the the reason we think that despite the fact that there's so many entrepreneurial opportunities for millennials that are apparently not being taken up um, is the fact that in many ways it feels as though the millennial generation is the guinea pig generation. Uh, we went, we grew up when we were little, the internet, well, when we were born, the internet wasn't really a thing in terms of its current state. Um, Windows 95 was really when that kicked off, so 1995. So Good we were bit of Encarta. Did you remember that? I loved Encarta. Did you play the little maze game on I Encarta? I played all the games on there. Um, Encarta was. was great. Yeah, that's where we used to get our, our information was from Encarta. <laughs> Just aged ourselves massively. Oh, my God. So we were like six or seven when, Encarta when was the blowing internet our really became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we experienced that. We experienced the analog to digital shift analog tvs 
<laughs> and having to adjust the antenna. You mean your coat hanger that you've shoved in <laughs> the top of it? <laughs> <laughs> and the cassette tapes before CDs mm. and having to get the pencil in to... Because your tapes come out at the top of the tape. Wayne, you've got to stop this. Yeah. VHS oh, God. before DVD. All of that stuff. Um, <laughs> Do you remember having to um, record something on TV on VHS? You just like hit and hope and be like, I think it's recorded. <laughs> Wake up the next morning like, yes. Well, we, we had a massive VHS collection. Massive. We had a book with numbered tapes on there. with a list. It was like a list of all of the films that were on there that were recorded off of TV. But my dad always... He always hit the recorder. You know when you could program the recorder, which mm. took a fucking age to do. <laughs> <laughs> he used to program it to start at the time that the program was supposed to start. Uh-huh. But of course, because of the advertising things, it was never bang on that time. And also because your your uh, timer on your thing wasn't like, it's not like now where everything's hooked up to like Greenwich yeah, <laughs> where yeah. they control time. Um, <laughs> nothing was all in sync. So you'd miss like the first two minutes of like a film or whatever. <laughs> just sit in the scene. You just missed it. Yeah, and then when you had younger siblings and then you'd be watching a film and then just an advert comes on in the middle and it changes film in the middle of the film. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> Somebody left the tape in and get it hit record. <laughs> you'd just be missing half just of your mix film. Just and matching film. <laughs> um but yeah so we experienced that side of things and then we've also we've been the ones really that have very much led the way as a generation um because we're we're the back end really of the millennial generation Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but but our generation has really led the way in terms of uh app development technology and all of these great crazy ideas that are coming out now so we've been the ones to really pioneer the whole digital revolution in many ways. I mean, that's not to say that the, you know, all the Silicon Valley workers of the previous generation had nothing to do with it because, my God, they did. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of the, the massive influx we're seeing of uh, Internet, or particularly Web 2.0, as they call it, um, that's been our generation that's led the way on that. And and the, the next generation, like the generation of my nieces, um, you know, they've grown up with iPads from day one. And, you know, they know how to use computers better than, uh-huh. certainly better than uh, <laughs> my mum and dad do. My God, they show them up. And I can I can literally go, when I go home for like Christmas or whatever, I can hand them my iPad and go, play. Away with it, yeah. Um, and they know what to do. And like, that's, that's like a three-year-old niece knows what to do. It's amazing. Um, and so as that applies to entrepreneurial stuff like again that's why i went back to our background we grew up with our parents not owning their own businesses i was kind of lucky in that my dad was self-employed always has been self-employed so i kind of had that element but i look at other people um you know and their families were working for big businesses and this that and the other so the entrepreneurial side wasn't necessarily there from a early age they weren't seeing that side of things um, and then the schooling system. Whereas uh, the the next generation, they've got all of this technology at their disposal. I mean, your brother, I think, is a fine example. I mean, he's technically our generation, but yeah. I think he's a prime example. Does he fall into millennial? 18? Well, yeah, because he's the same generation as you, isn't he? Mm. So he's the millennial generation. He's he's really the back end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, technically, technically he would. So he saw the Gen Xs are the one that they're the ones. What about. what year was your brother born? Uh, he's 18 now, so... So late, 
Okay, I think it's. I think the cutoff point, for generally speaking, is about two thousand okay. for the millennial generation. Same so one. yeah, just about. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a prime example mm-hmm. um, because he kind of saw the YouTube thing happening, started experimenting with it, and now he makes certainly more than I was making at his age. Yeah, for sure. Um, but but then this is the thing: would this would this study consider your brother an entrepreneur? Probably not. No, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. What are your thoughts on that? Because I've talked a lot there. <laughs> when you just hijacked the whole episode. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think again, it just goes back to these uh, mindsets of the millennials as well. I do think that, I do think that, like, like with my brother and stuff, towards that tail end as well. I think it's just questioning how the whole system works. I think our generation, like my older brother, who's not much older than me, a few years older, he kind of falls like really just about millennial. Like he's the old generation. He's idea of what's going on when he looks at my little brother it's kind of like i cannot believe like you could be doing these things and um and like he's just like i don't know so it'd be more focused to getting a job but then you've got like my younger brother who's like it blows his mind that someone has to go to an office in the morning <laughs> like he's like why would anybody want to do that with their life why would they want to go on public transport and i think that's just that mentality they now have but i think it's it's sort of that integration part that everybody's sort of struggling with because it kind of, it seems like the way forward. I think it, it gives everything that we've spoke about on the podcast, this whole balance of life and stuff like that. And I think, I think actually employability is moving towards more entrepreneurial ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. But I think there is, we've a lot of people, which is why we, which are why I kind of, that uh, stat stood out to me that only 2% or whatever it's saying are, entrepreneurs i think we're just so ingrained with this sort of need for safety need for the what we already know it's um i just think for our our age group in particular i just think it's just still too out there like it Mm. was it's still agreed just this um it sounds amazing but i just think they're so in with what they're doing that things are moving i think i try to understand the practicality of doing it yeah and as you're getting to like your late like you're getting to 30s or stuff like that or early 30s i think it's kind of like now you're like well i should be thinking about kids and this and that and all these things come in and i think that it's it's sort of very like hopeful thing to be doing whereas i think now you just see that if you want a house and this just stay in that job you know what money's coming in i just think that i think we are the generation with like so many options but i just think we're sort of incapable i think we've just not been we've been too programmed to actually do anything about it basically and well, i well that's it and i mean look at look at look at what me and you are doing i think it, it really the journey i mean if you go back to the podcast early days and what we were doing then i mean we were talking about the same stuff but i mean to get where we've got now which is by no means like incredible we're doing quite well like for where we want where we were certainly when we started the podcast we're very happy with how well we've done but But imagine how many years of programming that is to get us even that's exactly what i was about to say it's taken so much time and effort to reprogram to we've had to consume so much entrepreneurial information to completely change the way we look at work it's been a lot of hard work to get to where we're at. I mean, we're talking to students at university. And to for us, what we're saying feels now like so common obvious, sense. Yeah. Like it's really obvious stuff. And that's not to, to look down our nose at anyone at all. It's just the fact that there's this, it, it, I think it is, it's that problem of going, well, how do I do that? It's, it's the no, not knowing where to start. And again, it goes back to the school thing. 
because the whole school system was get a job, get a job, get a job. Didn't even entertain. Like I'm still really angry at how my brother and sister were treated at sixth form at school just because they didn't want to go to university. They were literally left to fend for themselves. And that's the problem. That's why we've got an issue here. And actually, I think that's going to be so detrimental. If that continues, it's going to be so detrimental to the education system as a whole. It's going to be so detrimental to the uh, the uh, current generation going through the schooling system because the next generation is going to be far more entrepreneurial and they're just going to have no support. And that's what worries me. That really, really worries the hell out of me. Even with the students we talk to as well, sometimes like the it's that sort of digitalness as well, like that sort of, again, some people, we are very digital. And so when we see people that aren't as digital, like we were saying to one student, like by you not adopting some of this digital technology or kind of staying at a distance, you're handicapping yourself. Absolutely. And I think that there's a massive disconnect between the technology and then the entrepreneurial thinking, mm-hmm. because I think that is the gateway. That is the fastest way in. And I Because just... it's safe right now. It's safe right now because we're still in a position where the people coming out of the education system after university still aren't quite the people that were born with iPads in their hands. But in 10 years time, in 10 years' time, the people coming out of the system are going to be people that know technology better. Like, I, I have always been like, I don't want to be the old person that doesn't know how to use a smartphone. <laughs> I, I just wonder what's going to happen when these, like, at the moment, you can see an organisation is quite older people and they seem to not, not saying that all old people don't have a grasp of technology, but I think a lot of the time they're not as educated as, say, the millennials that come into the office. I'm intrigued to see what happens when the millennials I think they're start. just not as open to it. I think mm. it's not so much that they're not willing, it's just they're not open. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm just i intrigued to see what happens when these millennials start becoming the leaders of these organisations. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it's going to be like, you can't even come into this organisation unless you know technology inside and out. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, I do think that, like we said before, I think education needs both entrepreneurial um courses and modules so you have that entrepreneurial kind of thinking and even entrepreneurial is just seeing opportunities and knowing how to react to them as well but at the same time just having total digital knowledge like i don't think and i don't even think that's just up to the university to do because whatever they're going to teach is literally going to be dead the next week like it changes day by day like the weather so i think it's that students leave with the entrepreneurial which i think part of entrepreneurial tendencies is that you are constantly learning mm. but you need to be on top of this stuff 24 7 really if you want to have any chance because that's where i think most people handicap themselves in a in a job it's like people not knowing how to get a pay rise or something like you could google you could find listen to a book you could read four books on how to negotiate and you'd be better so it's again goes back to that sort of teaching people to be inquisitive and actually take action off their own backs in some ways which again is what education's for ultimately yeah Yeah, for sure um so just before we wrap up i know we said we didn't want to focus on the stats but i think this one is i think this is the most telling stat is the one at the bottom of these notes which is uh of the millennials surveyed 71 percent said that they believe taking risks is important to success um but that they view entrepreneurship as too risky. And I like this one because... Is it right if I... Yeah, yeah, go yeah, for it. I was just going to say... Like, it's, I think it's so telling. Yeah, I think this is great. And I think the word risky just comes down to a lack of information. Like it's, it's risky to climb Everest, but at the same time, if you've got the right team, you've got the right knowledge, it's possible. And I think a lot of the time, I think 
millennials know that, yeah, it seems like you have to be risky to do entrepreneurship. Actually, the best entrepreneurs are the ones who take sort of educated risk. And I think that's where it's lacking is that, again, that education between how this thing actually works. There is the glorified version of entrepreneurship and then there's the reality and there's details and there's the practicality. And I think that's the part that we're missing. And that's why maybe 2% are entrepreneurs because the rest just are seeing the glamour of it, but then they can't actually see the route to entry basically. And I think that's where we need more people not like us going into universities as well, just to kind of show the path. Like we spoke to people on our podcast that had followed that path and we listened to what they say. And I just think it's that exposure to the possibilities, exposure to how it's done. And I think that's where you kind of reduce that risk. And at the end of the day, like risk is the fun part. That is where you learn and you, you can explore. Like we didn't know what the hell we were doing with any of the bits we talked about or even with the podcast, but it's you kind of learn as you go basically. Mm. Mm. And for me, what's so interesting about that stat and why I find it so telling is to me that just sums up what has been put into the minds of millennials through the education system. Because if you think about it, if you if you if you did not succeed in the education system, what was your fate? No job, you are out on your own. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, that's huge opportunity, huge opportunity to really turn things around. And it goes back to what I keep saying about the 2008 market crash. So many people that have now started successful businesses started those successful businesses because they ended up in that god-awful fate that we were told we must avoid at all costs, which was without a job, you're out on your own. And I think that stat there says that Oh yeah, I see all these people taking these big, big risks, and and uh, you know, starting their businesses. They're taking these risks, and for some of them, it's really paying. Off. I mean, really paying off. But it's not for me because that's too risky, and that's what that stat says to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Really right. cool episode. I really enjoyed that. If yes. I do say so myself. Um, so we'll wrap up there. If you have any thoughts on this, please hit us up. Twitter's great at pn underscore podcasts or on the comments section, on Facebook, under the episode. However, in fact, email us if you like. Wayne at PowerfulNonsense.com And Jem at PowerfulNonsense.com And that's C-E-M because... He's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we'd really, 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 really massively appreciate some more reviews on iTunes. If you don't know how to do that, PowerfulNonsense.com forward slash review tells you how to do it. It really just helps put the show out there, puts it up on the charts so more people see it because I think more people need to hear this stuff we're talking about. Um, so I'd really appreciate that. appreciate that as well. And if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. Um, so a massive thank you to you for tuning in, and we shall catch you next time. See you later.